0: Warning, this episode contains adult language and adult humor. Since when have trumpet players ever been considered adults? If you are easily offended by these types of conversations, consider switching to the oboe. Welcome to the Trumpet Guru's Hang podcast. I'm your host, Jose Johnson. My guest for this episode is Aaron Washington. Aaron is a young man who has discovered a passion for the trumpet, jazz, and education. Like so many others, Aaron started down the road of traditional music education, only to realize its limitations in reach. So Aaron hit the shed to develop his social media chops. Now his tutorials have racked up millions of views, and Aaron helps thousands of young players every week. So pour yourself a big glass, pull up a chair, and let the hang begin. All right, welcome to this episode of the Trumpet Groove's Hang podcast. I am Jose Johnson, and I am joined for this episode by Mr. Aaron Washington. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Jose. Thank you for having me on. Hey, man, thanks. Big fan of the show. Oh, thanks, thanks. I'm a big fan of your work, too. Um, you know, it, not this is not, not a slight in any way, shape, or form. You know, we've, you know I've been blessed enough on this, this show to have some of the the most stellar names in, in the trumpet world, you know, people like Wayne Bergeron, Jerry Hay, Gary Grant, you know, um, yes. and people may be going, uh, well, who's this Aaron dude? Um, and so right. I want, I want to, <laughs> yeah, I want, I want them to know you because I mean, you, um, you're doing some really phenomenal stuff and, uh, I really, really impressed with, with the work that you're doing in terms of, uh, you know the, your your work as an educator and, and your your utilization of, of social media, and, and we want to I want to dive into that stuff. But uh, I mean, you you've got a lot of stuff going on. So uh, for people who don't know you, what what are you going to tell them? You know, who who is Aaron Washington?
1: Oh man, um, and I'm just a regular schmegular trouble player. Like it, you're right in saying that because I feel like man, all these guys were on this show and like. Man, who am I? So, but I appreciate you bringing me on, and um, but but who I, who who am I? I'm i I'm a I'm a a guy from the South Suburbs of Chicago, uh, living with a single mother. Uh, she paved the way to allow me to be who I am today, like just a trumpet player and educator. So, uh, big big ups to my mom for allowing me to just do whatever and just just believe in me to 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 play the trumpet to teach trumpet to go to school for music so i'm i'm very grateful and and um but my my philosophy is just like teaching teaching is my bag like i That's just a gift I think God just has given me and I I just wanted to give it to as many people as possible because um, information changes situations and it has changed situations for me in um, so many ways. So I just want to share that love of just spreading information and, and making sure people know what to do, how to do it and everything in between.
0: So. Yeah, well, that you know that that's really important because, um, you know, is it, we we look at at our, our trumpet heroes. You know, um, a lot of them are just you know they're phenomenal. You know, the things they can do on on the horn, their the creativity. But with a lot of people, you, you you ask them like, well, how do you do what you do, and they can't tell you. You know, it, it's just uh, exactly you know they haven't figured out how to do it, or you know maybe they are you know, aware of, of what they're doing, but, um, their communication skills aren't the greatest. Um, so being a teacher, uh, I've been a teacher pretty much all of my life in various, uh, various aspects. And to me, that's the most gratifying thing is to be able to, uh, take something and share it with someone and then watch them gather that information, process it, and then be able to take it and move forward uh, and make their life a little bit better. So, you know, um, what got you started with your love for teaching?
1: Um, I was just thinking back to, it all started just being really lazy, (laughs) believe it or not. Um, Yeah, gotcha. And um, in high school, I... I hated marching band. I mean, I did not like marching band at all. So, what did I do? Uh, I auditioned to be a drum major. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, "Well, I really don't want to march. All I want to do is just be that guy up there that just waves his hands and yeah. says commands." And and so, doing that, I got, I got, I got the the, the job, not the job of being a a, a drum drum major. And it wasn't until my senior year uh, I was able, cause I was really flexible in my schedule with the, so I was able to uh, assist the new band director that came and was the head of the program. And she really saw my capability of just being a leader and being a teacher because I would lead, uh, I would lead the, um, I would assist her in the, the, the other bands, like the freshman band and the sophomore band and uh, lead their groups and she was like hey you should probably go to school for teaching you're, you're pretty good at, at this and um you know the best the best university to go to is her alma mater and now all, my alma mater is Illinois State University so um that's where I got my love of teaching just from being lazy just I didn't want to march and so just <laughs> through that <laughs> I was able to um really really honed my my teaching and and leadership skills
0: yeah yeah that's cool yeah i was a yeah. drum major too and uh yeah that was uh it, those were fun times <laughs> Yeah, but uh you said your mom uh your mom raised you single mom uh yeah, yeah. was she into music or was she a musician herself
1: no, none of my family members are, are musicians or it has anything to do with music. They just love music. They love R&B, they love rap, they love funk. So I didn't, growing up, I didn't really hear, I didn't really pay attention to trumpet or any like instrumental sounds. Um, my mom, she, she we, we were listening to Tupac, Biggie, uh... Joe to see, uh just like RB at the time and so that's that's what i was attuned to and um up until i started uh up until i i got to 6th grade we had moved to a different uh area and they had band and so that was my 6th grade i was like hmm that's interesting i i think i might do that i was really interested so um
0: so yeah i forgot the question but <laughs> Uh, music yeah. in the family music in the family yes
1: yeah music in the family no you know music in the family um i just started music um only because i thought it was interesting because in prior grades there were no band programs so once i moved to a different area i saw they had a band program i was like oh that's pretty cool i'll start that
0: yeah i just did it oh that's cool um when you got started i mean uh what 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 got you going on the trumpet
1: um it was the trumpet was the first and the only instrument i tried out only because of the you know had three buttons i was like okay well that's pretty easy enough you know again i'm a lazy person so i was like it can't can't be what's so hard about the trumpet Mm -hmm. so i picked it the 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 guy that was (laughs) the guy that um that was there i had i was able to make a sound he was like oh you're a natural i was like okay well i guess i don't have to try anything else i'll, I'll just do this then so yeah. that's 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 the extent of my um uh, my story with the trumpet
0: yeah well you know and that's that's part of the the beauty of what i'm trying to accomplish with this podcast is you know introducing yeah. people to all kinds of uh different people and different perspectives and you know, for years, I thought that I was weird because the reason I picked the trumpet was because I only had three keys. You know, I, you know, it it was that laziness. And it's really refreshing to find out that there are other people that made that same stupid decision. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. But, you know, it's, it's seeing that, um, you know, that we're, we're not as, as uh, different as people want to think, you know, other people are, are, you know, different, you know, whether it's, uh you know because of geography or or race or religion or anything like that you know our, our brains all tend to work the same way so mm-hmm. uh i think a lot of people were going to relate to that story and, and a lot of the other stuff that you're going to say i mean especially like uh you know like i grew up in a family where my my father was uh, he when he was younger was a professional musician he was a minister yes. when i was born um so i had music in my life you know from from the from the get go uh, you know, and other people you talk to that, you know, their their parents are musicians or they encourage them and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, there are a lot of people that it wasn't and it was just something they kind of stumbled on. Uh, and I think that, that the ability to relate to situations like that, you know, if you're somebody sitting in a, in a house in the middle of, uh, you know, Iowa or something like that and it's like well I don't have anybody in my family that's a great musician or you know all that right. sort of stuff but but then you know you can speak to them uh, on a level that uh, other people can't so you know I think that that's a that's a really cool part of what you do is speaking to people and kind of reaching them where they're at so exactly. Let's, let's move into um, like what you're doing with, with all of your social media stuff. I mean, you've got, you're all over the place, man. You're, you know, you got YouTube, you've got uh, Instagram, TikTok.
1: uh Yeah, I got it all.
0: You got it all. And,
1: uh, I have it all. And um, you know, I, I follow like probably everyone else follows Gary Vaynerchuk. And so yeah. he's he says, get on all these platforms and figure out what they're about. And um, that was the goal because I didn't, I wanted to know where my audience was and how they how they looked at social media, how they use social media. And um, and yeah, so I, I made it a point to really study each and every platform. So even before YouTube, I spent the summer, like it was 2016, so I was just about to go to grad school. And I had I had already gone to uh, this conference called um, Led by a CD Baby. It was the first ever conference they had. It was in Chicago. And so uh, that was that was like October of 2015. And um, they they said a lot about marketing. So you really had to get your marketing chops up because at the time my focus wasn't teaching. My focus was, I want to play. So that was more of a a musician conference. And so I prepared myself up until graduation to, I had my website together. I had my EPK together. I I had my bio together and all that. And so the next piece was, how am I going to let people know that I exist? So I was studying YouTube for the entire summer. When I graduated up until um i i got to got to grad school and i i studied i studied all the ins and outs of youtube how to make a thumbnail uh keywords you know descriptions titles all of that what makes a good video and i i spent all that time and i produced my first video uh september of 2016 and uh, at first it didn't really do, any, do much like on YouTube because YouTube is, is very finicky that way. Like it takes a long time to grow um, because it, it deals with keyword search and, and uh, SEO. And SEO is search engine optimization. So, but that same video that I put on Facebook that really blew up to like 12,000 views in like, like a, a day or so. And I was like, what? <laughs> like why why is this blowing up so much? And and then also YouTube was um like at the time it was just like 10 views at the time. Um, but those two platforms work differently. And I had to figure out why those platforms work differently.
0: So Yeah, well that's you know we're in this this new environment, especially now COVID has has just completely uh, started to change the landscape of how we do things, and as as more things go virtual, uh, whether it be uh, you know virtual performances, you know there there are a lot of people that are doing that. Uh, um, actually, like uh, my my friend, uh, former guest on my show, Mr. Danny Falcone from uh, Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns, Santa Fe's uh, band. Is you know it, if you don't know Santa Fe and the Fat City Horns, you need to check it out because that's a mm. Bad horn playing in that group, um, but you know they're a Las Vegas-based band, and um, you know since Vegas is basically shut down, they started doing live streams, and they're yeah. charging. You know they're monetizing those those events. You know they're not just you know putting that stuff up for free, uh, completely. But you know they're ad- uh, adopting and adapting uh, to the new environment, and I think a lot of people, um, old cats like me. Uh, sometimes struggle to keep up with the changes in technology I and mean, we sometimes look at technology as being uh, the enemy instead of mm. figuring out how to utilize it uh, to better suit what we're doing and especially if you're if you're producing content, whether it be uh, you know musical content or educational content or you know I do a lot of uh, you know motivational mindset content you know things like that uh, social media. Is the way to get it out there. So, yeah. um, you know, where where did you go to? What, what were some of the, the resources that you used to get you into this? Or was it was was it just like I have? I'm just diving in the deep end and figuring it out as I go along.
1: Uh, it was a little bit of both. And and your and your take on um, just um, the more mature generation not really accepting uh, technology that's that's the case for even people my age like they don't like they don't really mess with social media and think it's like all evil i'm like bro like that's how you get noticed that's how you get seen so you got to use it um but how i how i dove in was um this website my first ever course that i invested in myself about marketing was uh was an online course it was, i think it was called um Artist Works. Artist Works. And it had a full course and uh, teaching you how to do Facebook, how like the ins and out of Facebook, how to do YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And so through that course, I w- I went through it. Uh, they gave me all the information I needed, like the how to create my cover page, how to put my bio, how to how to write my bio in each of these things. So that was the first ever course I, I went through. Uh, to really learn about social media, and then after that, I just I just took off of um, of just like diving deeper into okay, who can I learn from that's teaching YouTube, and those people were um, Sunny Leonard Uh That was uh, Amy Schmittauer. Now her name is Amy Landino. She got married recently. Um, Roberto Blake. Uh, uh, these uh, what's another guy? Tim, Tim something. I can't forget, but uh, I mean, I can't remember. But I started following those YouTube cats and 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 following what their advice was on YouTube for free at first, and then um, I I I absorbed all of their content because I wanted to make sure that I was dotting my eyes and crossing my T's with with YouTube. So. Uh, I would say, first, dive deep into things that are free if you can't afford or invest in yourself with some courses that really teach you the ins and outs of all these platforms. Of course, you know over time the the platforms evolve and change, but um the core is still
0: there of uh, of the content that they teach well, you know and it's kind of interesting because um when you think about it from the perspective of a jazz musician, um you know. What what do all great jazz musicians tell you that you should do to become a great jazz musician? You know, listen exactly to people. Listen you know, to the greats. Listen to the greats. See what they're doing. You know, uh, you know how how does Absorb it. Yeah, how does Freddie approach a two five? How does Woody approach exactly. a two five? Right, and then, you, you you transcribe it. And, and I, I love the uh, saying that uh, Clark Terry has, which is, uh, imitate, assimilate, innovate. Yeah, so you just yep. you just do what they do, then yes. when it becomes part of you, and you can do it naturally, then you can start to add your own unique flavor to it.
1: Exactly. It's approachable, it's, it's, it's applicable to all things in life. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. those three words.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that and uh, one other saying kind of become have been my motto for a long time, besides the, the Clark Terry one, the other one is, how you do anything is how you do everything. You know, because there's just there's just a basic way that you get good at stuff. And so once you figure that out, then it's just a matter of just plug and play, you know, and and just, you know, you you have to learn the specifics. You know, certainly, you know, there are little things that make each thing unique. But the fundamentals, you know, whether you want to be a great trumpet player or a a great, uh, you know, digital marketer or a great football player, whatever, it doesn't really matter. You still have to go through that same process. Yes, you still got to learn. You still got to put in the work, and um,
1: and investing yourself like yeah. um, what what allowed me to uh, go further than I ever thought I could. I never thought I would get anywhere close to the following that I have now, even on TikTok. But um, investing yourself and, and taking the time to really study is extremely important. For your for anyone's success. So uh whatever you have to do to get that bread to to learn it doesn't matter who who didn't teach it to you. It's your responsibility. I made it my responsibility to learn more about marketing, learn more about sales, learn more about who is my um audience avatar. Who am I who am I trying to uh get their attention? Like who am I trying to get? yeah and um so yeah
0: definitely yeah and and, research yeah and then again I mean, just like you know you to pull a musical analogy it's like you you gotta know your audience you know um you know if if you're if you're going into a a r&b club you're not going to you know try and play the hindemith and expect to get a good you know good response you know and so you know you got to know who who you're speaking to and, and be able to speak their language uh and and just so you know, for, for people who, who maybe don't know. Um, so here here are some stats uh, for Mr. Aaron Washington on his YouTube channel alone. So as of today, uh, 31.9 thousand subscribers, 1.94 million lifetime views. Uh, in the last 30 days, you had 74.7 thousand views. Uh, oh, wow. So, you know. So if, if you're thinking about this, right? If, if you're someone, if you're an educator or, you know, if you're uh, trying to get your material, your content out, you know, it's numbers because, you know, those all those numbers represent a person yeah. who's heard what you have to offer. So, uh, you know, do you want to be in front of 75,000 people in a 30 day period? Or do you not want to? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and unless you're on tour with a major act, which nobody's on tour with a major act right now, yeah. uh, you know, you're not reaching that number of people. So, this is a way of getting what you have to say either through your voice or through the voice of your horn. This is a way of getting people out there. So, I think that uh, you know, this is something that if you're if you're serious about what you're doing, this is stuff you got to start considering. Exactly,
1: and and I would say like. TikTok is probably the way to go. Like first there's YouTube, second is TikTok. Cause um, YouTube only because um, Google is the largest search engine in the world and Google owns YouTube. So what's the first place people go to search anything?
0: They're on Google.
1: They're on Google. So that's the first place you need to be. And um, even though I do more educational content at first, my focus wasn't that. Um, m- at first, I was just gonna just be on YouTube to uh, play covers and and uh, really put my music out there. So there's, I mean, the strategy to do that is to do what most musicians hate doing, and that's cover songs. Yeah. And the reason why they should do that is because people are already searching for those, pe- those players. They're already searching for those musicians. You just have to be the one that comes up. And are like, oh, what's this? So uh, that's one way to, to really get into the system of YouTube. If you're not really an educator and you don't really wanna teach, then cover songs in, or doing different arrangements of covers of popular musicians or musicians that are similar to your style. Pick like five musicians. That are similar to your style, do cover songs of those musicians, and um, even be up on the the of pop culture. So, what's happening in the news? What's happening in gaming? What's happening in uh, celebrity news? Uh, and try to figure out how can I tailor my message to what's happening right now. And you will so you will show up in the search results of, of Google or of YouTube. And uh, that's that's how you grow. That's how I grew. I mean, and most of that content, most of the content I create as an educator is more evergreen. And so when I talk about evergreen, that's more content that will be here forever from, from the end of time. So forever, someone's gonna search how to play the trumpet. Like that's gonna always be the case. Someone's always gonna look how how to make a sound? How do how to improve my range? How to put a horn together? You know all these things. So you, first, you got to know your audience. Second, you got to know what they're searching for, and um, create that content as much as you can. Because the more you show up, the more people will recognize your brand, and and the the more subscribers you have, the more views, the more shares. The more money you'll get. Yeah. So, but it all starts with knowing who your audience is first. If you yeah. don't, then you're just you, you're just you know um, spitballing. <laughs> you know you're not you, yeah. you're not you, you you don't know if you don't know who your
0: audience is, then it's
1: it's going to be really hard to grow. Yeah,
0: yeah, very true. And so, um, let, let's talk about um, about how your your videos have evolved over time i mean obviously there there's been a change in production quality over time so you know that's that's always important um but more importantly the the content i mean the more you the more you go about things you know you you've gotten so much more polished in your presentation uh and you know what the what are some of the, like the milestones if you had to you know, think back and go, okay, well, here's, here's some of the, the realizations that I made that really created a, a dramatic shift for the better in the way I've approached uh, my educational videos? Uh, it was more so
1: each and every video, I had to make sure that it was better than the last,
0: even if it was just
1: small something small. Like for instance, um, it matters, the first three seconds of a video matter. <laughs> so the first three seconds are, are important the first 15 seconds are important so over time you if you watch my content from beginning to now you'll notice that I don't do intros anymore or I don't I'm or my intro is really short because uh, I've noticed in my analytics that people drop off as soon as that video hits as soon as they watch the video that's when it drops off but uh, so I've made my intro shorter so they can get to the content faster, right. and that helps with with watch time because that's that's what YouTube wants. They want that watch time. They want people to stay on the platform. Um, another thing is, um, yeah, I, I wanted I wanted my videos to be a, an experience. Uh, when I first started, I, I wanted the things people rag on the virtual where it's not the same as being in person. Yeah, but there's, there's advantages to having a video. There's advantages to having things on a screen, something visual. Like you can't do that one-on-one in person. You can't have a graphic pop up to really hone in on the concept that you're teaching. Right. You might use an analogy. You might use you know some things to give them some imagination. But to actually have that imagination manifest on the screen, that's that's what video. That's 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 the, the pros of video. So I want to make sure that uh, the experience was was um, was of high quality. Um, now, um, <laughs> when I first started, watch time was not a was not a thing. So it was really about who can make the shortest video and have the most content in that video because before I was watching YouTube you know growing up and people would just just there was so much fluff like 15 20 minutes and you only have like 10 seconds of what I actually want you know that bit of information that I need and so I was like I don't want that for my audience I want to get straight to the content as soon as possible so they can get up and do other things and go on with life and stuff like that. So, um, that was the beginning stages. Now YouTube has switched their their um, their focus to watch time. They want people to stay on longer. So you'll notice that more videos are eight minutes, fifteen minutes, or people are doing more live streams. There's a reason for that. I've done more live streams. There's a reason for that. I want people to stay on the platform longer. The reason why. YouTube pushes that more. Um, the more people watch for, the more your video will be pushed out to even more people. So there's ways to do that without doing a live stream. There's ways to do that with maybe like a playlist. So you have like a series, like think of it as Netflix. Like you can have 10, two minute videos and just put them boom, 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 all in the playlist. So the, you, the person has to go from one video to the next. Like I need more. I need more information. So that's one way to do it without doing live streams. Um, but you can also do it through how you edit the video. And so I've studied and watched and been more aware of um, how I do my cuts. Like how, um, because you know the the human attention span is now seven seconds. So I make sure that my cuts. Whatever I'm, whatever I'm talking about was three seconds, mm-hmm. it was three seconds. And, um, I made sure that I had something different or something on the screen that popped up or something happened maybe every three seconds or maybe every six seconds to make sure that they stayed on the video longer and they didn't get bored. Yeah. So over time, um, I, I just paid more attention to my analytics. I paid more attention to what YouTube really wants. hmm um and then now it's crazy now YouTube is trying to be a TikTok and now they're they're promoting shorter videos so now we're back to what I fir- what I first started with which is crazy
0: yeah yeah it, it's the the, the craziness I, I mean I remember um when I was running my martial arts school uh I, and I I'm was at a conference and Gary V was one of the speakers there and had nice. to hang out with Gary. Yeah, that was a trip, man. <laughs> but, um, but they were saying, yeah, yeah, you got to use Facebook, you got to use videos, but you need to keep your videos, uh, you know, be- about a minute and a half, two minutes. Don't go over three minutes. And so I had that beat in my head, and I was producing all this this really dense content. And now it's Facebook doesn't want you to put a video up that's less than three minutes. You know, they, right. they they want you to stay on that platform. And so it's, it's understanding then how the algorithms work and, and that they're constantly changing. And if you want to stay on top of the game, you've got to be flexible in the approach. So, yeah, you know, yeah, that it's it's nuts, man. It's a full time job. I might have to hire you to be my my new social media <laughs> <laughs> manager. So Get get my numbers up, man. Shoo. Um, but you know, the, your approach, I I love your approach, right? Like right now what you're doing, this is education, you know? And, and if you're obviously, if you're hearing me, you're on this podcast, um, but you're teaching, you're teaching me, you're teaching all of, all of the listeners, uh, ways to do social media, uh, how to, to make it work, how to make it, uh, you know, how to monetize it basically. Uh, yeah. so you, you're, you're giving a really good lesson and you're doing it in such a natural, unassuming way. And that is, uh, you know, that's the teacher in you coming out. And that's what I got from your videos. Um, in, in terms of trumpet playing that like the approach to your approach to playing the blues, You know, it was just that was the first video I saw. And I don't know how I how I stumbled on it. I was just I was looking for something. uh, And it's like that came up like and I just clicked on it. And, um, yeah, you you get down those rabbit holes and you just don't know how to get out of them. But I was like, wow, you know, this is such a really nice approach. It's not it's not heady yeah you know, because you can you could really just you know talk over people's head, but it also wasn't talking down to people. It was just such a nice, easy progression that any trumpet player, whether they were you know in fifth grade or whether they're fifty years old and just trying to learn how to play the blues, that you gave them some really actionable stuff uh in a way that just completely made sense and was not intimidating so you know, how did your, your approach to improvisation get formed? And then, you know, how does your approach to teaching, um, how, how have you seen that as being a, a benefit to other players?
1: Um, only because i I've developed that that way of teaching through my my education at Illinois State. They teach you uh good pacing um before my pacing was terrible. I was way too slow, I talked too slow so and um, you know I was teaching kids so you can't use big words like you can't like puff up your ego and use all these big words with these kids and they don't understand what you're talking about so they made us write scripts for um, for each and every lesson, and you had to follow the script from beginning to end, and you could not sway from the script um, until the 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 master teacher said it was great, it was okay, and then you could use bullet points. But that's how I I uh, developed my skill of just being able to talk where to speak and to teach where you're at. Um, and that took, that took a lot of practice. It took, took a lot of um, failures and really bad lessons during my education. Um, but yeah, that's where I gained that skill. With improvisation, I was, I didn't go to, Illinois State isn't known for jazz. So most of the stuff that I've learned was from books or things that I've searched. And then just like putting pieces together, and taking the things I liked and taking the things I didn't didn't really particularly like. And one of the reasons why um, people are so afraid of improvisation is that uh, they're afraid of the theory. They're afraid of um, what's a two five one. What's what's all these scales? What's all these chords? So I decided not to go down that rabbit hole. Because that's a rabbit hole, like trying to figure out what scale do I use? What what's the note choice I should I should make? What's the correct note or the correct scale should I should I play over this chord? My my thinking was like melody. Like, can you make a simple melody out of a simple five note scale? And if you can start, if you can do that, then you can improvise. Anyone can improvise. And um it was like there's there's simple melodies everywhere around around us. There's jingles. There's cartoon theme songs. So, um, just or there's the music in and of itself. You can take take the the melody from the the, the jazz lineage and just how can we improvise just using the melody and what it has to offer. Forget all the forget all the chords and in the, the, the crazy concepts that people try to teach let's try to imitate what the melody is doing and see how can how many variations can we make through that so that's that's my approach now and I think it's it works um, for people that are, are new to
0: improvisation yeah well you know um, improvisation like you said that's that's a scary word for most people um, yeah and, you know, the truth of the matter is, you know, we're always improvising. Uh, you know, we, you know, maybe when you're reading, reading down the chart, you're not improvising, but we're always improvising in life. I mean, we, the fact that yeah. we're having a conversation right now, conversation is improvisation, exactly. you know? and when people say that, that they're not creative, then, you know, I, I, I either have to laugh at them or I have to smack them upside the head. I can't decide <laughs> which one, but it's the. The, the you set yourself up you have this mindset that that you can't do it so therefore you're you're never going to be able to do it because wow. you've already set up the mental barriers to it so um you know this approach of making it friendly and making it uh kind of like you know almost like baby steps like okay well if you can you know you can play this now let's just change this a little bit and let's change this a little bit and then getting mm-hmm. people on the roll you know it's it's much less intimidating than, okay, well, on this chord, you have to play, you know, here are your five uh, scale choices and, you know, then, you know, you get it. Okay, now we're going to do this altered dominant. Now we're going to do the tritone substitution. And then you're pulling your hair right. out, right? you know, and, and I think
1: I mean, you got to do it in all 12 keys. Like, no. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that, that the thing that sometimes gets lost is the fact that you're trying to create a melody. And, and people yeah. are are just trying to just spew out all of this music theory instead of how can I create a melody? You know, like yeah, I, I can't remember who, who I heard say this is like when you're improvising, you know, someone should be able to like whistle exactly what you do. Yeah. You know, if they can't whistle or sing it or, you know, you know sticks in their head, then you're not really creating anything of of impact. You know, it may be technically great, but it it hasn't reached anybody on an emotional level.
1: Mm, Yeah. So melody, yeah, melody is important. So melody and rhythm, because I think the more I've taught students of all ages, uh, rhythm is the biggest hurdle for a lot of musicians. Um, Forget the notes, like just being able to play something in time is, is a huge if you can do it, it's a huge achievement. Now, just add notes to that, add notes to that rhythm, and it doesn't even have to be all twelve notes. It can be just be one note, two notes, three notes, and because I I much rather hear a solo that's, that's rhythmically and in the group, rhythmically sound and in the groove than something that has a lot of notes and doesn't really speak to me really. Uh, And that's just me personally, but, um, but again, like making a melody, recreating another melody is probably the most difficult thing anyone can do. Um, That's why I decided to let that be the focus. Because if you can create a melody, then you're, you're, you're on your way. Now, now if you use licks, licks are cool. Um, That's a great way to, to sound great right away. Like to use licks and and just like plug them in and that's great and um that's that's how I learned how to play that's how a lot of people learn how to play is like put this lick here put that lick there put, try to put them together see if they they connect and um and you'll sound authentic a lot faster but uh, I I remember watching this uh, Miles Davis interview and he said uh being original is is difficult it's hard um when people try to copy that's that's the lazy way because it takes a lot to try to come up with something original come come up with something that's of your own but you know um so yeah melodies melodies is important um and that's that's kind of my strong suit that's my strong suit now trying to play fast and and um Constant eighth notes, That's something I'm working on. That's that's my Achilles heel, and we need that. We still need that type of playing, but in the midst of that, we still need melody. So that's that's my approach.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. When when uh, yeah, I go back again to my my previous existence uh, when I was uh, you know running martial arts school, uh, that was one of the things I was taught to teach. To my students, and particularly the the ones that were I was grooming to be teachers themselves, coaches themselves, um, is that everybody learns differently, and everybody has uh, different things that will speak to them. So there mm-hmm. is no one right way. The right way to, to teach someone is the way that they understand. Yeah, and, and that's it. Uh, and that sometimes that was always um, a sticking point because uh, being, you know, the, the highest ranked teacher, you know, the master or whatever. Um, yeah, they, you know, people are like, well, I only want to learn from Jose. And like, well, you know, I'm actually probably not the best person to teach you because, you know, there are other people that, you know, you may be able to connect with a little bit better. Uh, they're going to be able to explain things in a way, you know, if they're, if they're much younger, uh, you know, maybe one of my, my, you know, 20 year old, uh, teachers or, you know, there's going to be able to work better with them as opposed to, you know, for me, I'm going to be better working with someone who's closer to my age or a little bit older. So, you know, understanding how to speak to people uh, is so critical. And um, that I think sometimes we get caught up with, you know, like, well, I only want to study with uh, Bobby Shue, or I only want to study with Vinny DiMartino, or, you know, these, you know, you, you take like the, the upper echelon of, of teachers that are out there. And it's like, you know, well, you know, if it's not them, then I'm not going to be able to learn anything. It's like, no, you know, depending on where you are, there's something you're going to be able to learn. And and I'm a firm believer that you can learn something from everybody. Yes. So, um, when you're, when you're approaching that, that content and you're, you're putting that content out, uh, I, I have to assume that as much love as you're getting, that you also get some haters, So uh, how do you deal with the haters when, when you're, you know, you're just doing your thing? Believe it or not, like, it's not really that many haters.
1: Like I, during like these four or five years that I've done it, the positive really like exponentially outweighs the negative. I, with every, with every negative, I get maybe a, a hundred positive. So I would for those that are afraid of all the all the haters or or people that might say something about you, I would say don't worry about them because they're not you're not the people that you're you're that they're that you're reaching. Um but how have I dealt with it? I've dealt with it in a few different ways. And I've dealt with it by uh fire with fire sometimes. And so if if they say something crazy to me, I'm like okay, I'm not just going to let you punk my channel. This is my channel. This is my community. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the business and, and then I'm going to block you. So that's one way. If you get haters, just block them. You know, Um, another way is to ignore them, like just block them. And, and, and if you see something that's not really encouraging or positive or, uh, it doesn't seem like they're trying to um, uh, give you critique in a, in a constructive manner. Just just block them. Just just ignore them. Like that's that's the extent of what you need to do uh, when it comes to this thing. When I first started this um, this the Black Trumpeter YouTube channel, I got a ton of uh, people saying like, "Oh, you're racist!" Like. Uh, because what about what if someone said the white trumpeter that would that make them racist how could you say how could you be that there's or i would get the opposite where there's other uh um, black trumpeters or whatever like you're not the only black trumpeter like who are you like so <laughs> there's 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 people on either side and so i even got even even i got i got blocked because of um they just didn't like that I I called myself the Black Trumpeter, so uh, I just had to find another outlet to share my content. I just had to find a different way to do that. So if they felt threatened or felt like my my name, you know, pushed some buttons, I was like, well that's fine. I'll just find another spot to to share my content. So um, that's one way I've dealt with it is just going elsewhere. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think that that's one of the things that blocks so many of us from doing whatever it is that we want to do is the fear of the criticism, the, the, you know, putting your, you mm. don't want to put yourself out there because, you know, somebody might say something that hurts my feelings. Uh, not, you know, I'm not going, you know, like saying like a snowflake sort of thing, but, um, you know, we really have a fear of, uh, being seen as a failure being uh, picked out as a, you know, I'm a phony, you know, what, whatever it uh. is, you know, so there's, there's all these different fears that exist in our minds that, uh, you know, our, our defense mechanism is, well, instead of, you know, facing it or putting myself out there, then I'll just, you know, I'll just ignore it and I'll just won't do it because then if I don't do it, then nobody can critique me. And that's not what we say to ourselves. We come up with some other kind of line of crap that we believe, but ultimately that's what it is. It's like, you know, I don't believe I can do this or I believe that people are going to laugh at me. So I'm just, I'm going to make an excuse and just not do it.
1: Oh yeah. When you, what you said about Uh, people uh, thinking that you're a phony or whatever I had I I dealt with that a lot and you would if you if people follow me they'll see months go by and I haven't uploaded a thing and most of that was because of imposter syndrome like you know I didn't I felt like man who am I like who am I I'm just I'm not I'm not Wayne Bergeron. I'm not I'm not all these great trumpet players out here. I'm not Winton Marsalis. So who am I? What what will make people listen to me? And so I I kind of switched my approach. And before answering your question about my approach to content, I made it a, a I made it um a, a commitment to make it okay to mess up. And I'm going to show you my mess ups and I'm not going to apologize for it you know like if I miss a note then that's just what happens same th- I mean I, I take that kind of same approach with performing um but you know I am not trying to make it seem like I'm per- Mr. Perfect like I I have bad days just like everybody else and so Gary V says it best where if you Air out your own dirty laundry, no one can, no one can hold that against you. So that's that's the best way. Like uh, I feel like a lot of people don't put themselves out there because they're they are afraid of getting getting negative feedback or somebody finding something out about them, or you know, but it's 2020. If they can find it, it's just a matter of time, you know. Yeah. So you might as well. You might as well put it out yourself and and say this is me, and so be it. Yeah,
0: well, you know, it, it's that whole thing of um, you know, like you're saying, you know, well, you're not Winton, you're not Wayne. Uh, who am I? Um, but it, it goes back to that thing that that everybody will hear a message a little bit deep uh, differently, and that's it, actually that's a big part of this podcast is that you know the reason behind it is that a lot of people, if they went to an event like an ITG or, you know, they go to a concert or something like that, and there's a, you know, great trumpet player uh, there, they're afraid to go talk to them. You know, it's like, well, you know, how, how in the world is, is uh, Winton or John Faddis or, you know, you know how, how, how am I going to ever talk to them? Because, you know, they're this, you know, this person way up there when yeah. they're just like you. I mean, they're just a better trumpet player, you know, <laughs> right. and, but, but they're still, they're still humans and they yeah. still have a, a desire and a need to connect. And it's that, you know, who am I to, to, to do this? You know, who am I to create this podcast? Well, I'm just somebody who's not afraid to, to, exactly. you know, ask somebody, Hey man, do, would you mind spending an hour or so with me just talking about, about music and life? And yeah, just, just being real with it. So, uh, th- and it helps people to, to feel closer then to people. And I think that's the, the big thing is that, um, you know, we have to find the people that we identify with. And sometimes uh, the bigger the name, the bigger the celebrity, the more fear we have. It's like, well, there's no way I can ever play like Winton. So, why would I even try? Uh, but you know, if they listen to, you know, to you or to me or to, you know, to, you know, their high school band director or whatever, it's like, well, okay, well, yeah, there's, they're better than me, but you know, I can, I see the possibility, you know, I, I see how I might be able to, to gain some skill and I might be able to get closer to what they do. And then Mm -hmm. it becomes stepping stones. And, and then, you know, you, that gets you closer to where you, where you ultimately could be. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and like you said before,
1: is like we we all have val. there's value in every any everyone like you can take things from everyone. So just knowing that you have something that we all have something that someone else doesn't have and you know how to do it. So if you know how to do it, then that gives you value. Yeah, no matter how small or how big and. Um, I I have taught, I have coached some people in in into um, you know the social media thing, and I tell them all the time, like just write out everything you know how to do, every small little thing that you know how to do, because whatever whatever that thing is, someone else has no idea how to do it, absolutely none, and have no, and they have no strategy on how to uh, attain it. Yeah. So if if you're if 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 someone is um. Is like I I have nothing to offer. That's that's BS because you you have plenty to offer. You don't have to be some big name, to to offer value to to
0: someone. And then you know the truth of the matter is you take any of the big names, uh, There was a point when they weren't a big name. Exactly. We all start from zero. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Uh. So that I think is the, the most encouraging thing. Uh, but of course me, I'm, I'm kind of weird and, and I do like a challenge. I'm lazy. I, I, I'm this is a really weird dichotomy. It's like, a, I'm right. really lazy, but that's why I push myself because I know if I don't push myself, I'm going to be really lazy. <laughs> so right. I'm just, I, like, I keep myself on the grind and I, I, I keep challenging myself to learn something new and to, and to push boundaries. But it's that constant reminder that you know you're going to suck at it until you get it. And then when you get it, you're going to go, you know, what was I, what was I sweating over? You know, this right. is, this is easy, but it's just getting over the hump to, to do that. Yes.
1: The first step is always the hardest.
0: Yeah. Yeah, step. absolutely. Um, I, I did see that, uh, you have, a a new project coming up, the improvisational trumpeter. Um, yeah. it, it is kind of ambiguous in your, uh, your marketing little teasers, <laughs> a holistic approach for beginners. Um, what can you share about that? Um, it was just, I,
1: I, it stemmed from this group in on Facebook, um, the Jam of the Week group. And I would just scroll and just scroll and scroll and scroll and never see a trumpet player on there. Never. It's usually like a saxophone, guitar, keyboard, but never a trumpet player to to put themselves out there and improvise, including myself, you know, but I, I want to create this course to encourage more trumpeters to improvise. And um, when I say a holistic approach, um, that's just my approach that I've taken to try to balance all the things that we have to do as trumpet players and mix that with improvisation. Like, Yes, we have to do long tones. We have to do flexibility, scales, articulation, all these things. But how can I fit improvisational concepts into all of, all of those components as a trumpet player and as a daily uh, as a daily routine or method? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my goal with this project: is is to put put what I've been doing over this over the last maybe five. Five, six years and and like open the world up to you don't have to you you don't have to just play from the clark book you can take elements from what you're learning uh if you're learning a tune and let that be your technical exercise or let let um you play in your bass the bass notes to try to try to get the your bearings of the tune, let that be your long tone studies you know so just being creative in in that sense. Yeah. Um, and then another holistic approach is the mental game. Mentally, um, we, as, as trumpet players, just as people in general, we self-sabotage. Yeah. So it's just a matter of believing in yourself. And belief, I feel like, is the greatest superpower that anyone can have. If you believe that you can do something, you can do anything. So um, I wanted to put the mental and like a, a meditative thing in there to, to really teach people to, to just relax and, and just say that you can do this, whatever, whatever it is that's in front of you, you can do it and, and get past it So yeah. that's, that's the
0: overall approach. That's great. Yeah. 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 Holistic is a big word in my, in my world. Um, yeah. and, uh, know yeah, uh, the the way I explain it to people is it just I mean it just what it means it means it's the whole and you can't separate a part without it affecting the the entirety. So uh, when we when we think about the holistic approach to, to trumpet playing, I mean yeah obviously it's it's your you know your ability to, to play your equipment is another thing that that is a, a factor. But I think often the, the thing that people lose sight of the fastest is the mental aspect. Yeah. because, you know, you, you can have all the technique in the world, you can have the best equipment in the world, you can have had the best teachers in the world, but, you know, if you've, got a, if, you, if you've got a disconnect up here, if you've got a mental block, if, you, if you're dealing with fears or anxieties or things like that, then you're never going to be able to get the music out. You know, yeah. uh, I actually taught a, uh, a, a workshop a couple of times on mindfulness for musicians, and that was the big takeaway that I tried to get people to understand is that music is a form of communication, and that, you know, you're trying to get people to feel something. So, mm. you, you know, feelings, uh, feelings aren't rational. Feelings are, you know, that, that's our, our emotion. So you got to get that rational portion of your brain out of the way. And you've just got to let the music come from your heart and mm. then let it come out the horn and just do it real. I mean, just be real yeah. with it. And like you're saying, like, if you make a mistake, you know, if you if you hit a, hit a clam, you hit a clam. But, right. you know, people nine times out of 10, don't remember that if the performance was genuine. If they're, you yes. know, if they felt it, then, you know, you, you listen, like we have two of my favorite trumpet players, uh, Freddie and, and Woody, um, you listen to the recordings and, and they're, are there are notes that they did not intend to play. You know mm-hmm. that they did not intend to play that note, right. but, Or at least play it the way they played it. You know, you hear a crack, you hear a creak, or things like that. But there's so much intensity, there's so much fire, or there's so much passion in what they're playing that that just becomes part of the joy of it. It's like it's what makes it real. And Mm -hmm. you know, if you're looking at it from an analytical standpoint, you're going, "Eh, well, that wasn't the that wasn't a pristine performance." But when you're looking at it as in its entirety, it's just it's phenomenal. So yeah. I think it's it got you know getting out of our own head gets the music out of our heart.
1: Yeah, and even Miles Davis, like when I listen to a lot of his stuff, it's just like I can't imagine the music without
0: that, no, without yeah. that frack. Just the Spain, some of the stuff that, yeah, it, you know, well, yeah. So it, it just it, it it makes it real. So. That's cool. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing what that uh, that course looks like, and uh, I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of people that are going to benefit from that. Um, yeah, do you do you find that that like um, educators who maybe are not uh, particularly proficient in in jazz studies or profi- or the approach to jazz or the trumpet uh, are utilizing some of your your tutorials? Uh, you know. Are they? Are you a resource for people?
1: Yeah, humbly, I can say there's there's been a a lot of people reaching out to say like, hey, like, uh, even even students of band directors say like, my band director uses every single day. We we listen, we watch this video every day, or we've used this in class as an activity. Um, band directors that contact me like, thank you for making this video, like we we do this on a daily basis or it has helped my trumpeters i'm not a trumpet player so this is a great resource that that um they've they've been able to use and that's 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 i mean i've reached the goal like i reached what i wanted to to uh, um achieve yeah and and that was just to um allow people allow people to have more fun with the trumpet you know you know learn the things that you need to learn do the things that you need to do so you can play music as as the the best way you can and have fun doing it um because it's like i've i've been on so many gigs and uh people in the audience come up to me and say like oh man i used to play the trumpet um but you know you know it was something about my band director or uh it was really hard and i just decided not to do it but now I'm inspired, and, and I still have it, and I want to bring it out. And I've encountered so many people like that. I'm like, we there has to be a way to um, allow the trumpet
0: to be more accessible to people, and so that's that has been my goal. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great goal, you know. Uh, although some people would argue that the last thing the world needs is another trumpet player, but. <laughs>
1: I say they're wrong. Yeah, well, we need more trumpet players.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) there are not enough gigs for us as it is. No, that that's good. I mean, you you do want you do want to share the love, you know. And it's something it's something that has been so influential, you know, and defining in your life and my life. You know, all the people have been guests on this show. You know, that's why they're here. You know, they're trumpet players. So, uh, you know, it's one of the best things that one of the best decisions I ever made. So why would I not want someone else to potentially have some of the same joy and same experiences that I've had as, you know, because I'm a trumpet player. Yeah. So, so the that, same way. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to switch gears here. And uh, the ending portion of our show uh, is a rapid fire round. This is brought to us by our good friends at Robinson's Remedies, Kenny Robinson. So if you, your chops need a quick refresh they're the guys to check out so this is the officially named renamed robinson's remedy (laughs) rapid fire round so i'm going to ask you a series of questions i want your quickest response and we're going to get started in five four three two one who's the biggest influence in your life that is not a trumpet player uh eric thomas et the hip-hop preacher all right uh what is your favorite book uh, the Inner Game of Tennis. All right. That's a good book. What's the worst movie you've ever seen?
1: Oh, um,
0: The Last Avatar. <sighs> yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, if you weren't a trumpet player, what would you want to be?
1: Oh, um, something that has to do with technology, like or, or gaming, like
0: a game designer. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite drink?
1: Oh, uh, if you're talking about alcoholic, it's uh, Jack and Coke. If you're talking about just wholesome beverages, um, the orange cream, the orange cream sundae—not sundae, but shake—orange cream shake from Arby's.
0: Oh, okay.
1: That's really good. I'm probably uh-huh. the only one keeping them in business because I never see anyone there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I just saw that they they are offered to buy Baskin Robbins. Yeah, for like eleven billion or something like that.
1: $11 billion. That. Who would have thought?
0: That's a whole lot of shakes, man. That's a whole yeah. lot of
1: shakes. $11 billion worth.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, you could have a dinner party and invite any three living people. Any three people in the entire world can come to that party. Who would you want to have there?
1: Um, Jeff Bezos, Gary Vaynerchuk, and um. I'm blanking like the game designer that has created our favorite games in Nintendo, uh, like Super Mario brothers, uh, Shamiro,
0: or oh, Shashiro Hajuya.
1: Ah, I'm messing up his name, but. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, we, 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 got yeah, yeah. we got that. We got that. Yeah, we got
0: it. Okay, cool. Three All two. right. So you're going to have three other guests, but they can be three people from history. Any three people that are no longer with us?
1: Charlie Parker. Um Malcolm X and who else I would say oh, that third one's a, is a killer I would say um
0: if he's dead or not, tupac all right <laughs> <laughs> he's he's hanging out with Elvis somewhere probably right right. All right, uh, lacquer, plated, or raw? Oh, man. Um, neither. <laughs> None of the above. All right, what's, None your, of the above. what's your favorite quote? Um, favorite quote, it's a
1: tie between Information Changes Situations by Eric Thomas and um, Go Confidently in the Path of Your Dreams or something like that by Henry David Thoreau. Okay,
0: What's your greatest fear? Greatest fear? Um, not reaching my full potential. All right. Um, you could uh, be granted one superpower. What would you want it to be? Oh, um, I would like to,
1: it's a toss-up between something kind of realistic and, and then an actual superpower. Superpower would be to slow down time. If I was doing something realistic, I would, I would say more belief in myself. Yeah. Like if that was a superpower.
0: All right. Uh, what aspect of trumpet playing do you feel is the most overrated? Uh, uh, gear. Okay. Because if you're broke, it doesn't matter what you have, <laughs> <laughs>
1: you just make it work.
0: There you go. Uh, and what aspect do you think is the most underrated? Patience. Hmm.
1: Okay. If you don't have patience, then you rush everything you rush everything you you develop bad habits and yeah you make trumping trump trump and team uh really hard for yourself so patience is very important and under, uh, underrated
0: all right cool all right uh you are given the ability to go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice about music what would it be oh about music i would say Don't be afraid to ask for lessons. Okay. All right, and uh, while you're back there, you're gonna give yourself one piece of advice about life. What would that be? It's all about life?
1: Um, (laughs) uh, You can do it. (laughs) You can do anything. Just like the Adam Sandler movies, that one dude that screams, you You can do it. it. Right. (laughs) Just having more belief, because, again, if you, if you have the belief that you can do it, then
0: you can do anything. Yeah. All right. Good. And finally, what do you want your legacy to be?
1: Um, in the short term, uh, I want to be known to have uh, to allow people to uh, to make the trumpet more accessible. To everyone, to make it make it the, the, a, a easier process to learn, um, and then in the long term, I would like to, I would like musicians to, or artists in general, to. Um, I want I want to say that I've impacted how they go about uh, life as far as. Sales, marketing, and and putting themselves out there, just in general. All
0: right. Well, cool. Well, yeah, Aaron, you've been doing a phenomenal job. I've you know been been watching your progress, and uh, I I am certainly trying to learn as much as I can from you uh, because, you know, you're, you're doing some, some great stuff and Thank I, you. you know, I have a lot to learn and uh, I'm not, I'm not above asking for help. So, <laughs> um, That's dope. yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking time and, um, you know, I just wish you nothing but the absolute best success in uh, your future endeavors, uh, your, your new coursework and things like that. You know, you've got a very, very, um, uh, strong gift for teaching and sharing in uh giving people the confidence to to go on and and reach higher levels in their music and in their life so uh i applaud you for that and um i'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more from you in the future oh definitely yeah all right so thanks for spending your time with me today and make sure you check out aaron and all the great stuff he's got going on there are going to be links down in the show notes so you can uh You know, subscribe, follow him on all of his social media platforms and make sure that you share and like this episode. And uh, as always, folks, peace and slide grease. We are out. Hey, thank you so much for hanging with us today. This podcast is all about creating connection through our mutual love for the trumpet life. I hope that you learned a few things about today's guest and had some laughs along the way. Don't forget to give us a review. We love those five-star ratings. And please, share this podcast with your friends. We want to see our hang grow for show. Have a suggestion for a future topic or a guest? Hit me up at thetrumpetgurus at gmail.com. Our opening theme was written and performed by Lexi Signor, and all other music comes courtesy of The Greatest Funeral Ever. So in the words of W.C. Handy, life is like a trumpet. If you don't put anything into it, you don't get anything out. So go out there and let your trumpet sound. And I'll see you at the next hang.